Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of Recommendees, a podcast about media and entertainment where I recommend my favorite movies, my favorite books, TV shows, video games, and music to you, the listener. As always, I'll just kind of be talking about what I like. It's not going to line up exactly with what you like, but I hope there's some overlap here or there. As you might know, if you've listened before, the show is divided into three different segments. We have Visiting the Wiki, where we'll go to the Wikipedia page of whatever we're talking about and get some more background information, get some more context, learn about the creators, learn about how this thing came to be. Next, we're going to look at the critical and the audience reception, just see how this thing did, you know, what people thought of it when it came out, and then what people have thought of it since. Uh, And then lastly, in the third and final segment, I'll give my own thoughts on the matter and just kind of give a more personal look as to why I think maybe you should check this out. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic, Fleabag. Fleabag is a British comedy-drama television series created and written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It's based on a one-woman show by Waller-Bridge, which premiered in 2013 at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's in Scotland. I think it's like a comedy arts festival, a lot of performing arts. Uh, The series itself premiered in July of 2016 and concluded in April of 2019. It consists of two six-episode series, or like seasons, and it focuses on a free-spirited but angry young woman in London as she navigates her life in the wake of a series of tragedies and tumultuous events. Before we get any further, I just want to say the drink of the episode today, not anything crazy or themed or anything like that, it's just ginger tea with maple syrup, something that has uh, been on the show a few times, so that's what it is today. With that being said, let's visit the wiki. So before we talk about Fleabag itself, I do want to talk more in depth about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She was born July 14th, 1985. She's an English actress and writer. She's kind of really best known as the creator, the head writer, and the star of Fleabag, Uh, but she's also the showrunner, the head writer, and the executive producer of the first series of Killing Eve, which is kind of like this crime sort of comedy drama, and that stars Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer. She, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge only did like the first season. I think they're called series in British television, so those terms are kind of interchangeable. Uh, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she got her start in theater. She acted in productions of Rope and Hay Fever, in 2011, which I'm assuming are plays. Uh, She performed the first draft of Fleabag on November 25th, 2012, which is my birthday. November, not 2012, but November 25th. Um, And the first full version premiered at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2013. Getting into sort of her TV career, Phoebe Waller-Bridge starred in her first written television project, which is a show called Crashing. It was in 2016. 
It was in the UK on Channel 4, and it was a show about a group of 20-somethings living in an abandoned hospital under the property guardianship scheme. Crashing was described by GQ as perfect little whirlwinds of comedy building to one big maelstrom where everyone falls to pieces. Some are better off for it, some are not. No matter where the chips fall, you'll have a good time. So it's kind of one of those, like, I'm assuming, darker comedies. Not dark as in, like, violence or anything like that, but just, you know, kind of a bleak outlook on life. And a lot of the times the characters are sort of, like, okay with that, and it's funny. It sounds interesting. I've never watched it, but, you know, maybe uh, if you like Fleabag, maybe give that one a shot. Um... So Fleabag the show was originally broadcast on the BBC and it was eventually picked up by Amazon and it's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. Phoebe Waller-Bridge also performed and voiced the droid L337 in Solo, a Star Wars story in 2018. She co-wrote the screenplay for No Time to Die, that was the most recent James Bond, and then that came out in 2021. And then she's set to appear in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I think is due out sometime later this year in 2023. So now I want to talk about some of the other cast, just a few names um, other than Phoebe Waller-Bridge, because there are, you know, it's not just her. Despite it being based on a one-woman play, there's other characters, uh, and they're all really good. So first we have... Shahan Clifford, I think is how you say her name. That might definitely be very wrong, but she is an English actress. She plays Claire, who is Fleabag's older sister. I should have said earlier, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, she's never referred to by name in the show, but she's credited as just her name is Fleabag. So that's what, you know, I'll sort of refer to her as. So yeah, Shahan Clifford plays Claire, who's Fleabag's older sister. The two share a sort of uneasy relationship and they're often at odds with each other they're very different like personality wise uh, but they ultimately love each other and definitely lean on each other a lot so claire is sort of a more uptight career driven person and she's in this kind of rocky marriage uh with martin who's played by brett gelman if you don't recognize the name you probably recognize brett gelman he is i forget his i think his name's like murray maybe in um stranger things but he's the guy he's sort of like a conspiracy theorist and he like speaks russian i wish i remembered more about his character but if you look him up it'll probably be like hey it's that guy um so shahan clifford she's most known for her role in fleabag that's kind of been her most um well-known role she's been in and she won a bafta tv award for best female comedy performance and then she was nominated for a Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, as well as the Critic Choice Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series. Uh, she plays Martha Crawley in an Amazon Studio series, Vanity Fair, which is out in 2018. I don't know if Martha Crawley's a real person or if that's just her character's name, but that's what it is. And then Diana Ingram is another person she plays, and that's in the ITV series, quiz which came out in 2020 next we have andrew scott andrew scott is an irish actor he plays the character of hot priest who is fleabag's love interest in the second series his portrayal in fleabag it's one of the most interesting portrayals of a priest i've seen in media which to be fair i haven't really seen that many it's been like in fleabag and then in Midnight Mass, 
and they're very, very different shows. They're like about as different as two shows can get. Um, and I thought they were both really great and interesting portrayals, but the one in Fleabag, he's like, he's not that a priest can't be like a relatable person. You know, they probably kind of have to be, but he's very much doesn't seem like how you would imagine, you know, a priest to be. He's like, he's vulgar and he like drinks a lot and he is, has this like this sort of childish sense of humor, but he also, you know, you can tell he's, he can relate to people on a really deep level, which I would imagine, you know, I feel like that's a really important thing if you're, you know, in a leadership position at a church. Um, him and Fleabag, or I guess him and Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I should say, they have a really, it's a really fun relationship to watch on screen, and I feel like when I was watching their scenes together, I would just be, like, smiling unconsciously because they, they go so well together, and they're this really funny dynamic, and they have a lot of chemistry, which... If you've listened to a lot of these episodes, you know I love that when people working together have chemistry. I think it really makes things go from good to great, and that's definitely the case uh, in Fleabag with them. So Andrew Scott, along with being in Fleabag, he's known for his portrayal of Moriarty on the BBC series Sherlock. Uh, That's the series with Benedict Cumberbatch playing Sherlock Holmes, and then Martin Freeman as John Watson. Uh, For Sherlock, Andrew Scott won a BAFTA award for Best Supporting Actor. And then for Fleabag, he was nominated for the Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actor in a series, miniseries, or television film. Also for Fleabag, he actually won the Critic Choice Television Award for Best Supporting Actor in a comedy. So the third and final name I want to focus on is Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman plays, she's an English actress, and she plays Fleabag's stepmother. She's very passive-aggressive, and her and Fleabag are, like, extremely petty towards each other. Um, Fleabag is said to be a lot like her biological mother, so it's likely that she harbors resentment towards her stepmother, but it's very much like, on the surface level, they pretend to be very pleasant, but you can both see that they're really faking it as much as they can. It's really funny to watch even though it's a little like it's not quite it's not uncomfortable but it's pretty funny and Olivia Coleman is super talented you know if, if you've seen her in anything you know she's just really really good she's received a multitude of awards including an academy award for best actress uh for the movie the favorite which was in 2018 some other roles she's been in she was queen elizabeth ii in the crown or in a couple seasons of the crown she was recently in the sam mendes film empire of light and then she was also voiced the mother bear mama bear in puss in boots the last wish which was a really good movie if you haven't seen it olivia coleman's been in a lot of different things you know she's been acting for a you know pretty long time and she's really highly regarded i think both in comedy and in drama it's not even like it's not like if Will Ferrell or like Steve Carell does a comic, like does a drama, and then you're like, "Whoa, I didn't know they could do." It. Like Olivia Coleman is really good in both of those things, and she's expected to be. She's just really talented. Um, and she's really great in Fleabag. There's a lot of smaller characters who I didn't focus on too much, but you know they make these sort of small appearances, and just the cast is really good. It's both a good balance of like personalities being believable. 
um, but also fun and really interesting. And, and it's not so much exactly like people you would meet in real life, but I don't know. It just makes for a really fun watch, I guess, just to see the different personalities and different relationships in the show. It's a really good show. All right, so now we're going to move on from the wiki to look at the critical and the audience reception for Fleabag. From a critical standpoint, it holds a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, a quote I found said, Clever and viciously funny, Fleabag is a touching, wildly inventive comedy about a complicated young woman navigating the aftermath of trauma. And another one says, Fleabag jumps back into the fray. This is about the second season. I should have said that. It says, Fleabag jumps back into the fray with a bracing second season that upholds its predecessor's frenzied wit and delicate heart, replete with Phoebe Waller-Bridge's unmatched charisma. This show is really, really, really loved by critics. It's... I was surprised. Like, I, I was expecting it to be, be highly regarded. I was like, oh, you know, it'll be in, like, the 90s or whatever. But 100%... I, I feel like I don't see that very much, and it's pretty crazy, and I, I do think Fleabag is, is deserving of that. It's really, really good, but that was kind of like, wow, that's, that was surprising to see, but I'm glad, you know, I'm glad people liked it. Uh, on Metacritic, which is another site, it holds a 92 out of 100, but the lowest critical score I could find was a 70, which is still, like, above average. It was actually the second highest rated show of the 2010s. I just realized I should probably have found out what the first highest rated show is. But, oh well. Anyways, um, a quote from The New Yorker. This is by Emily Nussbaum. It describes the series as a precision black humor mechanism, a warped and affecting fable about one single woman's existence. Maureen Ryan at Variety said, Long after it's pulled you in with its irreverence and jokes about sex and beguiled you with its cutting wit and messily human characters, it reveals that it's actually a tragedy. Barack Obama put it on his end-of-year list of like TV shows and movies he liked in 2019. I know he does that every year. He does like music and books. and I don't know if he does a separate one for TV shows and movies or if it's just one list, but... He has sort of his things, um, and he put Fleabag on his in 2019, so yeah, that's pretty cool if you like Obama. Um, Rolling Stone ranked Fleabag as the fifth greatest TV show of all time, which is pretty crazy, because there's been a lot of TV shows out there. It's also crazy because Fleabag is not, it's, it's very short, and maybe that works to its advantage because it's like, you know, shows drag on too long that can decrease the quality but also it's like there's not much show there so you really have to sort of nail uh, the things you do put out and Phoebe Waller-Bridge you know clearly in a lot of people's eyes really really did that and I think that's really cool looking at uh, the audience reception so on the Metacritic audience score was an 8.2 out of 10 um, and this one was definitely more there were things on, on the extremes of the spectrum. Boston Guy 247, who gave it a 10 out of 10, said, Excellent and original. The cast, writing, and directing is simply super. Give it a try. You won't be disappointed. Pretty 
sage advice from Boston Guy 247. But on the other side of the spectrum, we have per double underscore zero underscore zero double underscore. I gave it a zero out of ten. They had a really, really long review. It was like multiple paragraphs, but a quote or a descriptor that really stuck out was that they called it a hot pile of garbage, among other things. So there are definitely people out there who who didn't like Fleabag. It's not just something everyone watches and then loves. Some people like uh, this person. We're not quite as big a fan, but that's okay. You know, people are going to like different things. IMDB, which is mostly, I think, user-generated, it holds an 8.7 out of 10. Looking at the reviews there, the general consensus I found is that people were kind of surprised by it, but ultimately enjoyed it. Like, it wasn't exactly what they were expecting, but they found themselves liking it. For some people, it was kind of too shocking and too crude, I think. Maybe they weren't expecting it to be as crass as it is. Um, and that's totally fair, so that turned some people off, which is definitely understanding. Understandable, I should have said. Um, so the premiere of the second series on BBC drew 1.5 million viewers, and I don't know how many people have watched it on Amazon Prime. I couldn't find that statistic, but I'm sure it's a lot of people. It's a pretty well-known show, I think, kind of, maybe. Anyways, um, let's move on to... My thoughts on Fleabag. I think, like I said uh, in the Chernobyl episode, Fleabag is kind of one of the highest quality shows I've ever seen. Like, every aspect of it I can think of is just done so well. Like, the way it's, you know, acted and written, that's pretty, like, that stands out to you, I feel like. Um, but even the way, like, the way it's edited which is normally, I feel like, something you don't really think about unless you're supposed to. It's just, it's edited really well. So a lot of the times what happens is the main character, she'll she'll break the fourth wall. She'll, like, address the audience directly. And she'll sort of take a step back out of the scene she's in to sort of give, like, a little reaction. And it's not quite as, like, that's not an uncommon thing in movies or TV shows. You know, like it happened in in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, he just sort of explains things to the audience and then gives context. And, and it's it's pretty funny. And then also, you know, things you have, of course, things like The Office or things like Parks and Rec where they're aware that there are cameras there and they're aware that they're being filmed. So they kind of use that um, to deliver, you know, some jokes or just kind of give their thoughts on things. It's It's done in a really interesting way in Fleabag it's very much just like her sort of snap reactions to things and it like it's not even like the camera will always like it'll be it'll shift and then she'll like give a sentence to the audience and then go back to the scene it'll be you know she's talking to someone in the scene and then she like looks at the camera and winks and then goes back to the scene or something like that it happens a lot and I think it could get annoying and it could be like seem like okay well it, it could be a gimmick that's overused but I don't think that's the case in Fleabag I think it's done um really really well and there's also there's a lot of funny moments it, it gets pretty creative with it in the second season too which is a lot of fun to watch I think something I will say I kind of talked about this earlier but the explicitness of it definitely would turn people off 
I think the show is rated like TVMA, which is the equivalent of being rated R um, or, you know, 17 or 18 plus. So there's not really a lot shown on screen. Like there's no vi- there's no like gore or violence or gratuitous nudity or whatever. But the characters, it's more like what they talk about and what they say. I mean, first of all, a lot of they swear a lot. And then the characters are they're also very frank about like sex. You know, they just talk about it. I don't want to say like in detail, but they're not hiding things. I think that, you know, there's like, obviously there's a lot of punchlines and jokes and stuff about sex in various TV shows, you know, and I think it's interesting to see how they're done in different ways. Like in the office, you know, there's a ton of jokes about that. I could talk about the office all day. It's one of my favorite shows. It might be my favorite show ever probably is. Um, but I think one of the most well-known jokes from that is that's what she said, you know, where someone will say something and then usually Michael Scott will sort of respond like, ah, that's what she said. Cause it sounds like an innuendo. Wow. That is really hard. You really think you can go all day long? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling. So that's what she said. <laughs> And then I think in Fleabag, there's still jokes and there's still discussions about it, but it's kind of not so much what isn't said, which I think is kind of the joke in The Office. It's like, oh, that sounds like something else. That sounds like it could be describing something else. So that's why it's funny. In Fleabag, it's kind of like they're just being so frank and so crass about it that it's I don't know sometimes it's not even a joke sometimes it's just sort of a discussion and I think it's 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 interesting and I would you know imagine it's it's for someone who's like because I'm not sure how old in the show she is I think she's probably in like her late 20s if you're a woman in London in in your late 20s I'm sure you could relate to it you know way more than I ever could so I think that's probably something that made a lot of people sort of like it. It's very honest. I think that was just a long-form way of saying it's a very honest show. I'm not obsessed with sex. I just can't stop thinking about it. The performance of it. The awkwardness of it. The drama of it. The moment you realize someone wants your body. Not so much the feeling of it. Also, like I kind of had discussed with my brother in Firewatch, uh, the characters are people that have been through a lot of things. And you can definitely see in, you know, sometimes you literally see like flashbacks to these various scenes. But also, you just know by the way they talk to people or the way they carry themselves. I don't, I don't want to say it like excuses vulgarity but it makes it I think more understanding if that makes sense I don't know anyways watching Fleabag it really makes me excited to see more from Phoebe Waller-Bridge because she is very much kind of the reason I think to watch this show it's just so so good and she's so good I think it's interesting looking at the critical reviews because I don't know to me it's kind of like 
it's you can definitely look at the critical reviews and think about it and take it into consideration if you're deciding you know whether you want to see something or not but I think you also don't want to have the decision in your mind made up whether you like something or not before you've even seen it you know if you go into a movie thinking like okay well you know all these people said it was going to be good it's probably pretty good I don't know maybe you'll tend to sort of overlook things you wouldn't like and then sort of you know overinflate the quality of things that you do like I don't know there's there's definitely a lot of movies that are beloved critically and by audiences um that I don't know people aren't really gonna like so I don't know I mean I think it's fair like I I think the I agree with the critics on Fleabag I think it's a really really amazing show but I think it's also important to kind of take that with a grain of salt I know one movie that I can think of and I honestly don't know if this was a big audience hit but I think it was regarded fairly highly critically um but it was the tree of life which is by Terrence Malick is his name and he kind of has a really unique filmmaking style but I don't know it's been a while since I've seen it so maybe my opinion has changed but I do remember when I was seeing it it just seemed like he was sort of talking down to the audience and being like like a little pretentious like oh if you don't understand this that you're just not smart enough to watch my movies and I don't even know if that's what he's like he could be the nicest guy in the world but just from watching that movie I don't know it, I didn't love it it was just a little weird and I think that's just kind of style so I might just personally not be into that but anyways I just you know critics critic reviews are not are not gospel in terms of what's good or not but I think what you really what's the best way is if you like find someone who's sort of what they think is good lines up with what you think is good and that doesn't have to be a critic that could just be like your friend or something or it could be this podcast I wasn't sure where I was going to end that so I'm glad it sort of came full circle anyways Fleabag I definitely recommend it it's a really really quick watch it's only it's six like 20 to 30 minute episodes uh, per season and there's only two seasons it's on Amazon Prime uh, I will say be aware the series is pretty explicit and it's it's definitely R-rated but I hope that doesn't really keep you from watching too much I think it's it's worth the the sexy talk that's not the right word it's worth the vulgarity um, to see just a really 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 great show and yeah if you do end up watching it I really really hope you enjoy it as always, thank you so much for listening. If you've made it this far, I hope you enjoyed. I really love making these, and I hope you get as much happiness listening as I do making these because it really is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I have to say about Fleabag. Check it out if you haven't, and I will see you in the next one. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.